back. This is Shelby. Happy season finale! Yay! Yay. <laughs> Sorry for the extended break. Life <laughs> happened. A yeah. lot of life, in fact. Yes. But we very much appreciated you guys staying with us, listening, and being a part of this ride. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we just may be more irregular than we already were mm -hmm. for a little while. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ever, we have a lot of changes happening in the ending of this year. Different jobs and changes in jobs. It's weddings. It's a lot. <laughs> changes in school schedules. Yeah. Yeah. This time around, we're going to be talking about the 2021 psychological horror Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright. Written by Edgar Wright and another person. It was right there on the top of my tongue. Uh, Christy Wilson Car uh, Carnes. Karens? Carnes? Sure. You might be Karens, but yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed this film. It was really good. Yeah. If you've seen any of Edgar Wright's other stuff, this was actually way different. Because he's most famous for doing his comedies with uh, Simon Pegg. And while there were some funny moments in this, this was more, this stayed more on the uh, tense side of the scale. Yeah. And this is a film where even if it goes on to the tense side, it could have been a lot more subtle and bring it back, or it could go darker, in my opinion. This kind of just hugs the line and we get little snippets of like the darker more seedier side and we can bring that up a little bit later and how they do that and then they make it more bright and refreshing so yeah it can it definitely goes both ways in this in this film so this film was is 116 minutes long ish and it was released Surprise! This is a UK film, made in the United Kingdom and all that kind of fun stuff, and it was originally released on September fourth in Venice. Yep. Nice. Because of reasons. And then uh, October 29th in America. In America. Well, that was the worldwide. Oh, that's you. Sorry, that's the United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, but no other release dates, so that's going to be your worldwide yeah. release date on that one. Um, it had a. Nice small budget of forty three million, and it profited twenty three. So technically, it's a flop. However, it was nominated for a few BAFTA awards, and it's been a critical darling. To be fair, it was the aspect of it not making that much money is really given to the uh, pandemic that was going on while it was released. Yeah. But since then, it's done well in the home media markets, and fans like it, critics, critics like it. It's, mm -hmm. it's done well after its theatrical run. Yeah. I feel like it would have done well, and I just thought about it recently. Um, it would have done, I feel like, better if, again, it was released a little bit later. I mean, that's if life happens, whatever. COVID happened, whatever. But if it was released, it would have been huge if it was released right about this time, because especially with Matt Smith. Matt Smith is, was already huge anyway because of Doctor Who and everything, but after being in House of the Dragon, he exploded. So I feel like him, even though he has a small character, and it's a small but important character mm -hmm. in this film, like doesn't really have that many lines, it would have made, I feel like it would have illuminated this film a little bit more if it was released a little bit later. I wouldn't say he has a small role in this at all. I would say for the majority of the movie, he's he's the primary antagonist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's... I was going to say, he drives the plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like the reason why I said that is because I feel like they could have done a little bit more with him, but I can understand why they did enough with him. Because then I feel like it would have been too much. So the basic synopsis for this film is you have our protagonist. Her name is Eloise from a little small town in the country. Um, she's an inspiring fashion designer. 
Um, and she is able to mysteriously travel or enter like the 1960s. She's very obsessed with like that time with all the Ritz and the glam, the fashion, the music. The music becomes a very important thing. I will say mysteriously goes back to the 60s, but it's more that she has some sort of a supernatural gift. Mm-hmm. She sees her mom in mirrors. Mm-hmm. And her mom unalived herself. Yeah. At some point in time in her childhood. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, is we get hints that her mom obviously was mentally ill. So it's like, okay, is she mentally ill or is she actually does have this ability and maybe her mom had it? We're, we really don't know. So, yes, as when she gets to London and she's going into fashion school... She's not really, obviously, happy with the life that is surrounding her, so she escapes with listening to her records, and she starts dreaming of this wannabe, blonde, beautiful singer. Mm -hmm. Her name is Sandy, and kind of just becomes obsessed with her, and even starts making clothes that are inspired by her. Past even that. She does her hair like Sandy. Mm -hmm. She's like, I want to be her. I want to kind of like live her life. So I'm kind of like running away from my own. Yeah, to the point that she goes and finds a retro clothes shop and finds vintage stuff from the 60s that Sandy could have worn. Spends way too much money on it. But also through her travels, keeps running into locations that Sandy hung out at Mm -hmm. during her life. And just kind of intertwines herself in Sandy's story. And she gets super hooked on it to the point that she doesn't have a social life. Mm -hmm. She spends her time just getting through school, doing the best that she can. Which, giving it to her, her professor seems to really love her work. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like she's doing really well. Mm -hmm. It does. But she is foregoing a social life to spend as much time in Sandy's world as she can. And then Sandy meets... Jack. The 11th Doctor, right? Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they go to... She follows Sandy to a club where Sandy is trying to beat the owner so that she can be the new headline act of the new star. Sandy meets Jack. He's all young, handsome, got very hip, smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey and stuff like that. And Everything you expect from the 60s. Yeah, obviously. Like, it definitely, I liked these moments where just it made everything look beautiful. But at the same time, we learned that there is definitely a dark side to, mm-hmm. to that world. Which we already knew going in, if we know anything about the 60s. It's, but it kind of puts a glamour on it for a period of time. And that's, I feel like that's how uh, Eloise kind of sunk in. She went down that rabbit hole because she was blinded by that glamour. Also, she has an obsession with the 60s. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That instance of her seeing all that really does solidify her obsession with Sandy for. The rest of this movie. And to the point where she is, as you said, trying to go back to sleep to be able to go and experience more of Sandy's life. Mm-hmm. And seeing all of the ups that she uh, that Sandy gets until they start slowly being revealed that not none of them are are ups. Like yeah. she um she uh, there's an instance where she Sandy is, gets to sleep with Jack because she's obviously infatuated with mm-hmm. him, yeah, and what he can do for her, her career, and then he starts pimping her out. Yep, and he literally starts pimping her. Yeah, what what she didn't know about that first time was that was actually a test run. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And so, while she. Went to that audition to be the lead. We see that she gets put into the chorus at a, during ca- cabaret shows. Mm-hmm. So not only does she not get to be the lead, she gets to 
wear humiliating outfits and dance in front of disgusting men that she doesn't want to be around. Yeah. And women. There were women in that crowd. You're right. Yeah. The disgustingness goes everywhere. Yeah. And it's not even just her, too. I loved that sequence where you're in, the, like, the behind the stage and you're all these little tiny, like, rooms or, like, windows to, like, diff, like horrible scenarios that all the girls are having to be mm-hmm. with. I Like, there was, like, a quick moment. You have to really listen. Like, there's a moment where one of the girls is, like, on the phone. She's obviously talking to her parents. There's, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And it's just, like, oh, that sucks. Like, it's drugs and prostitution and... And just like obviously, probably even worse things going on. Oh, it's obviously, really ugly. Yeah. and it just it shows again a light on the horrors of show business. That's always unfortunately that's always been around. I don't think it's ever going to go away. It won't. And Good. and she's stuck. Mm-hmm. And Eloise is try literally trying to save her. Like she almost like sees. Not really herself, but she's like, this is like my best friend, almost like a sister, and I want to save her, like to the point where she's trying to break down the barriers of these dreams and almost like force herself into that reality to help Sandy. She eventually succeeds in doing so. She breaks through a mirror, and as soon as she does, she starts getting tormented during her waking hours by these very menacing shadow figures Mm -hmm. there's that i feel like that's also the point in time where she uh, she stops being the passenger in sandy's life yes and she because she starts really feeling what sandy is experiencing yes instead yeah that's a good point a good use of terminology passenger and now she's kind of taken in instead of being there for the ride She's in the driver's seat now. She is in. She's kind of replaced she, Sandy in this point. Yeah, yeah. In, in a, very, a very scripted driver's seat. And during all this time frame, you do have her going to school and dealing with all of the mm-hmm. popular girls that want to want to get her out. And one one man, John. John. Uh, Michael Ajo. This he, guy is green flag boyfriend material. Like he is such a sweet guy. Yeah. He does it to an extreme. There's a lot of points in time where he probably should have just walked away. Yeah. The whole library scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So jumping back a bit. Because Sorry. she gets into the dorm and meets her roommate, Jacosta, who is the... Uh, the queen bee. Uh, she's, the, she's the meanest of the mean girls. She's yeah. got designer label clothes by a designer from... Before she sold out, obviously, and is just sweet to her face and then stabs her in the back the first mm-hmm. chance she gets. And, like, night one or two, she's sleeping with somebody while Ellie's trying to just go to bed in yeah. their room. So she's the, like, the most inconsiderate roommate, which yeah. is the catalyst that leads Ellie to move out. Because mm-hmm. it's, she can't deal with the party lifestyle. That's just not who she is. It just shows the two different dynamics of just how innocent Eloise is. Yeah. Ellie's a good girl. Yeah. And that's when she moves into into Mrs. Collins' place. Yeah. And this is also where she gets a job at an old bar. Pub. Pub, yeah. Because this is all British. They don't got bars there. They got pubs. Right. And it's the neighborhood pub from the, for the place that she's living in. Yeah. Yeah. So she can afford the room. Yeah. Every, it, it, it does, it has like that, even though this is London, this is a small, this corner has a small town feel to, everybody knows each other. Like, the silver-haired guy that he, he, or I think... Lindsay. Yeah. Like, we, he's, everybody knows him. Everybody knew him back in the day, and, it, like, you have the, the barmaid, she's been around for a long time, everybody knows Mrs. Collins, so they all know each other. Yeah. And so she is, again, tr- pushing herself into that world where, again, she doesn't really belong. Right. She wants to become part of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Lindsay has a very domineering attitude. And he's a little sleazy. Mm-hmm. But everybody tolerates him. Everybody knows who he, Like Shelby was saying, everybody is okay with him. It's just That's just who that guy is and he's been around. It's fine. And then, as the uh, 
visions ramp up at night. She's mm. attempts to not sleep one night, and her record player starts itself, and she just gets pulled in to a vision. And as Sandy's story goes along, Ellie's just drug through the events of her life at this point. Yeah. yeah. And it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. I think the climax moment is it's it's Halloween. They go to a party. Uh, she goes with John. And she's, she's trying to live it up. She's like, you know what? I need to stay awake. Let's, let me just cut loose a little bit. And she has, like, one drink. We have no idea if she's drugged, but most likely she is because Joe Costa is the one that gives her the drink. So most likely she is. And she, again, starts seeing the shadow figures. And she just was like, okay, again, gets overwhelmed, goes outside. Her and John have a moment. So she's like, I need to still stay awake. Okay, I'll stay with you. Okay, they start having a little moment. And then again, her, she's looking into the mirror and she's seeing what happened to Sandy. And she's seeing Sandy getting literally butchered by Jack. And she just has, like, a mental break at that moment. She's completely freaked out. John is, like, worried for, like, Sandy or Eloise, wake up, wake up. And Mrs. Collins shows up, get out of the house, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she's not supposed to have boys over. Yeah. So, um, so she, at that point, is now determined to figure out, okay, I need to find Jack. So she starts searching the uh, microfiche files at her fashion school library and she's asking for murders and stuff and for whatever reason, this fashion school has complete newspaper records going all the way back to the exact time frame she needs to look at. (laughs) I think we're just, because it's a college library, we're just washing over that for convenience sake. Yeah. Which is fine. And she does find... There are a lot of murders, except the murders don't really fit the pattern that she's looking for. And it's all, and never mentions anything about females. It's all males. Mm-hmm. It's all like businessmen or husbands that are dis- that have disappeared. And it, yeah, that's really about it. It's nothing about a young blonde girl right. named Sandy or maybe Sandra or uh, Elizabeth or Alexandra. I think it was her real name. Um, I can't remember, but yeah, they, she cannot find anything. I I love the, I love the, that moment in the, in the library because she's just like, she's not put together. John is like, Hey, what the heck happened? And then just the shadow figures start coming in and we get a really good look at them at this point because they're just slowly moving in on her. And they, I like how the shadow figures change as time goes on. Like they're like barely, you can barely tell what they are. Kind of like, like very sh- again, just very very buzzed out and f- faded. And then they start really getting some more detail to them. Get a little distorted. Well, you start seeing business suits and bowlers and briefcases and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after we get far enough into the story, they're all in their underclothes, if you will. Yeah, I do want to throw out. Probably one of my favorite scenes with them. It's actually at the Halloween party. I meant to bring it up. Oh, yeah. When Because mm-hmm. it's just, even past that, it feels like it's a cabal. Just, like, contemplate going into, like, a mob-run uh, place. And you just see up in the corner, you have all of a cabal of businessmen and whatnot just staring at everyone. Mm-hmm. That's the ominous feeling it gives. And it's really good. It's a really good scene. I think when we were watching it, Zach, I said I mentioned it reminds me their figures remind me of the smiling people from Buffy the Vampire Slayer because yeah. there's just multiple of them and they're just staring and looking at her. He gets overwhelmed in the library, and earlier she had grabbed a pair of what, Huge fabric scissors. shears. Yeah. Fabric yeah. no, these aren't scissors. Fabric shears. Like yeah. these are. Oh yeah. It's hefty, and so she's just trying to escape. And what looks like a shadow figure cuts her off as she's about to get out of the library. And she goes to swing at the face. 
and John grabs her wrist at the last second and stops her from standing, stabbing Jocasta right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think at this point she goes to the police. And I feel like at this point, I think we mm-hmm. could probably say a spoiler warning before we really start getting into the nitty gritty of the, the ending. And then we can really go into like the parts that we like about the film. Yeah. Pros and cons, whatever details. Um, she goes to the police. She wants to file a report. She's like, she tells them about her dream. You got a male cop, female cop. The female cop is just trying to ask her questions, like really try to get some details. And he's like, um, do you have any uh, history of schizophrenia? Which, that's a good question to ask. As a cop, yes, you have to ask that freaking question. But again, it's kind of like, oh, he's, and you see it later, like he's making fun of her in the bathroom with the rest of the men and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, the female cop was super helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or she tried her hardest to be. Yeah. So, but she's like, yeah, she is concerned for her that maybe she's going to like hurt herself and stuff like that because she is kind of like at that point where she's very mentally disturbed right. and like she's afraid for her life. Um, so she makes the report about some woman getting killed in the 60s and by a man named Jack. So she, at this point, is determined that it is... Lindsay. Yeah. And goes to the bar, and at this point, he's, like, waiting for her. She's become his favorite bartender, Mm -hmm. because you have... This uh, pub is two-tiered, and you've got your... the main level, and that's where everybody goes... And then you've got the old pub downstairs. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's where all the regulars go. It's a lot quieter. It's a lot more low-key. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So she goes in. She's late for her shift. Mm-hmm. And he's just waiting for her. Yeah. And he, she's like, okay, I'm going to ask him about Sandy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the evidence. So she like starts recording herself. Very smart. Very, very smart. And mm-hmm. she starts asking him questions. And he is saying all the right things that makes him just look guilty enough but actually at the same time it's nothing that's clear cut that says that he did it so they start he starts getting frustrated he's obviously not getting what he wants and that's just like he's like kind of like playing with her and stuff well and then she's not getting what she wants so she starts getting more and more aggressive to the point that he just flat out tells her I didn't kill, I didn't kill Sandy. In fact, I told Sandy to get out. Mm -hmm. And we get this flashback to when a cop talked to Sandy. Mm -hmm. And then Lindsay just goes upstairs. He he leaves. And she chases him out of the pub. And he turns around in the street to confront her again. And he gets hit by a taxi. Yeah. Instantly killed. You find out, or you... Then the the barmaid, the main owner of the bar, she says that he was he was a cop. He was a vice cop. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. And you find then it links all back. It's like, oh, he was the cop. He was trying to help. He was trying to help Sandy, but not in a way like it wasn't like they were going to become level lovers or anything like that. He was just like, hey, girl, you're being stupid. You should quit. Exactly. Like it, it was just a different. I liked what they did with that character. Call your dad. You join a cult. Right. <laughs> well, it was more. You are not a star. You don't have what it takes. If you stay here, you're mm-hmm. just going to be a prostitute. Give up and go home. Yeah. I think it was probably at that point he had seen this. He's probably been in the force for a long time, been in that area for a long time, that he has seen this happen so many times. So he cannot be, he can. He literally has to kind of like slap them out of it because all of them are got like starry eyed. They, no, but I, he, he cares for me. Like I can see where a lot of the girls probably like are devoted to Jack to the point where they will do anything of that potential of them being a star. Well, I don't think it's just to Jack. I think that oh, was just in a, general. Yeah, because it's the... But he promised me he'll... He'll keep I'll, his promise. I'll get to headline in a club, and I'll eventually get a recording 
contract. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I've been promised, and I know he's going to come through for me because he did it for so-and-so. Right. Yeah, so, and they, and he's probably seen that happen so many times, he's probably seen, and a week later, he's seen these girls dead in the alleyway and stuff like that, so he's, he's not that type, he's not going to sugarcoat it. He's like, no, you being stupid, stop being a hoe, and go back home. And I kind of, I liked that. I was just like, oh, it's not, because it didn't go to that generic, like, oh, they became lovers. No. And I, I liked that. And then it kind of also made me mad because it's like, how did I not make that connection? Because quicker? they characterized Lindsay in his old age as a very sleazy dude, mm-hmm. which he was, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean he's a bad guy because he's never shown like they. One of the other bartenders says he was handsy, but on screen mm-hmm. we never see him paw anybody. Exactly. Yeah. So there's the he. He seems like a. Like that old, like an old, uh, what is it? The old guy that you never, you don't want to be around kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone knows, everyone, everyone knows and has seen those kind of guys. Yeah. I guess it was that first oh, moment when you see him walking out of the pub and he kind of like fluffs his jacket and it's like, oh, he's got the old man swagger and it matches what Matt Smith does. So it's like that makes that subtle connection. It's like, oh, maybe this is Jack. But it would make sense because Lindsay in his youth had to rub elbows with those guys and blend in with them. So he had that same kind of mm-hmm. bravado and swagger yep. that the bad guys developed. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, but the way that they carried it off, that was a really good misdirect. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I also like... So one of the key things that I like about this movie is the color, and they do it so well. Every time you see Jack, he is always in color, even though he is the main antagonist of this film. When the shadow figures come in and they're they're like groping on Eloise, and like we're seeing them in the in the flashbacks, they are always in gray. But then jack pops in as like the ringleader and he is always in color and i love that because then that that stays the same mm-hmm. so again is like a red herring it's another hint that he almost like he is alive in that regard yeah so i guess we can go into the ending of the film well i mean that's where yeah. we're at yeah yeah <laughs> so ellie obviously freaks out yeah. she they have a Quite a few really cool scenes where the shadow figures led by Jack chase her through the streets of London back to the flat. Well, she she also decides that I can't be here anymore. I'm dropping out of school. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And yeah. John John is going to help her by driving her to the uh, either to her grand uh, grandmother's place or to the train station. He's yeah. gonna drive her to her flat, get her stuff, and drop her off at the train station. Yeah, she lived way too far away for him to drive her there. Yeah. That wasn't. That wouldn't have been a realistic situation. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's not realistic for England. Yeah. So she goes back in. Mrs. Collins is up. She's smoking some cigarettes. She's got a record player going. Oh, Ellie dear, what's wrong? Exactly. She's like, uh-huh, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh-huh. So they start talking. <laughs> like Ellie's like, I really, I wanted to be different, but I just have. It's become very, very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I need. I need to kind of get away for a while i you can keep my security deposit blah 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 i mean she was only she had only been there for like maybe a week or so she's not it's like a month it's, it didn't maybe. really we don't really know about the passage of time it, it was a short long. yeah it was a very yeah. short period of time and let me make some tea for you and so El, um mrs collins is talking about how oh the police called they were asking a lot of questions. Well, not not called. The police showed up. Oh, they Stomped showed by. up. She's yeah. like the woman showed up. And and that police lady was so nice. She was just really concerned about you. It also <laughs> doesn't help help out that earlier in the film, she also talks to her about Sandy. Mm. Going, did you? You're from the sixties. Did you know Sandy? Yeah. Which at this point, Mrs. Collins thinks that Ellie's just really sharp, has connected all the dots, and knows who she is and what she did. Yeah. Yeah, so it is... So, 
Sandy reveals herself as Mrs. Collins, and then we are, then we're kind of flashback to the death scene in that it was not Sandy that got killed by Jack, but Sandy was able to get the knife, and she, she butchered Jack. And stuffed him in the wall. Yeah, and along with all the men that she was forced to be, to sleep with. And because we see, and I like, um, but then it's very quickly seen that you don't, you don't drink tea from a mass serial killer. (laughs) Drugs. Yep. So yeah, she just starts protrudely vomiting and yeah. yeah, So she's going to be the next. John runs in because he was told to come in if I don't come out in 15 minutes. Smart of her. Very, very smart of her. So then it's really just a very quick succession of, okay, John's been stabbed out of commission. Not yet. Yeah. So first, right after Ellie gets drugged, she and Mrs. Collins scuffle. Yeah. Because Mrs. Collins at this point is just trying to choke Ellie out and kill her, and Ellie kicks over the coffee table Mm -hmm. and knocks Mrs. Collins down. And after the building gets set set on fire John's hero mode yeah checks in not to mention he's hot for Ellie mm-hmm. he's like oh no I can't let her die in the fire and yeah. then he runs in and Mrs. Collins just gets to jump on him yeah it's great and I like this stabs him yeah I like the scenes in this movie because obviously with her being drugged and her with her with her ability she's going back and forth between seeing Mrs. Collins and seeing young Sandy mm-hmm. with the knife as she's I- She's following her up the stairs to her room, I trying to escape. I that that uh, sequence mm-hmm. because I love the the flashing back and forth it's between so cool. the actual staircase they're at and a nineteen sixties like like it's just jumping back and forth from present time to the nineteen sixties. Well, it makes Mrs. Collins, as young Sandy, it makes her more of a threat. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm not even looking at just that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at everything around it, too. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't just her jumping back and forth. It was the whole scene itself. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then we get back into the room. And I think, because this whole time, Mrs. Collins has never stepped foot into that room. She's always on the exterior. And... Well, yeah, because that's where she lived as Sandy. Yeah, and it's she does not want to go in that room because she does not want to be haunted by those memories of being forced to, to lay with, she said, like a hundred men. And she she's like, nah. So I think just Sandy and Eloise at this point, like Sandy knows, like, crap. The police have arrived. The fire department has arrived. I'm screwed. So she's just going to sacrifice herself. Eloise is like, hey, I know what happened to you. I know that you were forced to do those evil things and they were done to you. And, like, let me save you. Well, but what's really interesting is we get this moment where all of the spirits and Jack show up and the Jack, Jack actually saves Ellie from Mrs. Collins. And right after Jack's spirit, or however this is played out in this movie, because it's not really clear at this point, because that may just have been Ellie being a conduit for Jack at that moment, Jack knocks down Mrs. Collins, and that's when the cops show up, and Mrs. Collins is ready to kill herself. Yeah, and she <laughs> just kind of just... I like how she just sits on the bed, and she's like, all right... I'm going to face my demons here. She's like, I'm not going to hide anymore. And and, it's, and yeah. Eloise is trying to save her the whole time. Yeah. Well, Eloise talks her down from actually killing herself. And then Sandy comes back. Mm-hmm. And Sandy, not Mrs. Collins, tells Ellie to get her and John out of the building. That she'll hold Mrs. Collins back. Like... We're at this point where apparently, between her abilities and everything else, Mrs. Collins is conflicted enough that she's just given up. Yeah. 
I think it's also because Sandy, she, after everything, after all that stuff that was happened to her, after all the people, all those men were taken care of, she was able to live. She was able to have a happy life and some, somewhat. I mean, after, I feel like she, she locked all of that away and she was probably able to have some sort of life that was not full of horror and then this unlocked it mm-hmm. and if she would have been captured and like sent to because she would have gone to jail she probably would have died in jail right and it's like that i feel like would have been horrific for sandy because then she's stuck in a place that she doesn't want to be mm-hmm. and she's having to relive the horrors that she had to witness but also be told you're a horrible person because you killed all these men, blah, 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 blah. What about their families? What about their wives? So she knew, like, I got to go out on my own terms because I do not want to relive that horror for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And so the building burns down, Mm -hmm. and we jump to the end of the semester. Yeah. And you get... We're at the end of the semester fashion show. Ellie's 60-inspired designs mm-hmm. are met with rave applause. She's shown to be dating John, her super awesome supportive grandma, who... Grandma's a great character, yeah. by the way, who we haven't talked about somehow. Um, I think we'll break... And after when we get done, we'll break down the characters yeah, a little yeah. bit. Because yeah. grandma is... But, see, she's such a nice lady. Yeah. But then we get... She looks in the mirror... And the first time she looks in the mirror, she sees Sandy, and Sandy gives her a little wink mm-hmm. and a nod, and then disappears. And then she sees her mom in the mirror, and her mom just smiles. Yeah. So it's like, again, like Sandy is like that friend to her, and she's remembering her when she was bright and young before she was tainted. Yeah. yeah. Roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean this. I I I enjoyed this movie. The use of music was spot on in this oh, movie. Yeah, so I, good. I mean, it, it was a, a movie about the '60s, but you have to have music, and the way that they did it was very very smart. That instead of making, they would take a song. There's like the moment where um, Sandy is like singing song. I can't even remember what song it was, but she's singing it in the burlesque club when it's completely empty, all dark. downtown. Yeah, and she makes it like somber in a way. And I I really, I really enjoyed that because makes it, makes it haunting and and stuff like that. So I liked the change in, in the music. It was naturally going to happen with the uh, soundtrack, not just with uh, this, not just with her singing and everything, but I like the fact that they didn't necessarily choose popular per, uh, mm-hmm. all per se popular artists from the '60s, because let's be real here, The Kinks and uh, Susie and the Banshees were never per se popular per uh, or that popular. They were always counterculture. Well, 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 you're missing something. Susie and the Banshees is used during the uh, Halloween party because that's yeah, from the '80s. You're right. Um, no, oh, they're from the '76. But yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. Well, but I'm just saying, Susie and the Banshees hit their peak in the 1980s. That was when they were the I'll, most popular. I'll go home. I'm drunk. <laughs> but um. One of the things he did was he took songs that would become famous down the road. Uh, the biggest example of that is the song Got My Mind Set on You, which was made very famous when George Harrison covered it after the Beatles split up. Yeah. But the original, but he used the original version by James Ray, and that one got me because I was like, oh, I know this song. I just don't know this version. Right. So there was a lot of... He did... A lot of like uncanny valley stuff on purpose. He he tried to use things that people would be familiar with, but not because of that version of it. So it was kind of a through the looking glass sort of effect. Yeah, it's making you listen too, because it's like, oh, I know this song. 
it just doesn't sound exactly what I think it was because it is kind of like taking it and it's morphing it a little bit, which is kind of goes with the theme. It's taking something and it's morphing the reality. Right. Yeah. I'm, I was like thinking on the way over here, I was thinking of like this movie, if I was like a film teacher and I was like, if I wanted to give a movie for my students to watch that kind of breaks down like those generic moments or generic like things that have to take up a movie, like you have character, all the characters are very relatable in this movie. Like, they are, like, you know, right off the bat with them opening their mouth and them just acting a little bit, you're like, oh, this is a red flag character, this is a great character, like, you, they are relatable, and they stay consistent through the whole movie. Like, they don't really change. Even Mrs. Collins, like, she's a good character. Like, her one-liners are really, really good. And even when she's trying to literally kill the protagonist, you're like, I still feel bad for her. Well, yeah, because she is... Mrs. Collins is a victim of her own uh, situation. Yeah. She is. And she's just trying to... It's... Because she... Now that I think about it, she does say at one point, and be like, I can't go to jail. I'm too old. I'll never make it back out. Yeah. So it's, she's defending herself from one thing or another, but usually, like Phil just said, in the situation that she forced herself into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Ellie is your naive young heroine, and that's who she is the, until maybe like three quarters of the way through the movie. And by the end of it, she still might fall into naive heroine. And John's just upstanding guy, maybe a little stupid because he doesn't leave when he definitely should have. Yeah. Because red flags, and what are they? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, when I'm thinking that I'm going to get lucky, the girl that I'm with shatters a mirror, and then her landlady jumps in and nearly beats me in and, this room. And screaming the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, with her from, eyes open, like not obviously seeing her. At seeing that him. moment, most guys would give up. Yeah, and he rightly would, so, I would say. He would be a little freaked out. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the characters are all relatable. I didn't have a problem with any of the characters. We have to talk about Grandma. Oh yeah, Grandma is great. Awesome. Grandma is great. She's just that sweet grandma, and it it, it makes sense because I mean, I understand where. I guess Eloise is coming from, like, she has a great connection with her grandmother because that is the person who raised her. That's mm-hmm. where she got connection with the 60s. It's where she got all her vinyl from um, because her mom died at a, at when she was very, very young. So she has a great, but I can see where Eloise is at that point where she wants to kind of branch out. So she's only reaching out to her grandmother a few times. She's like, hey, be careful with men. Don't don't trust strangers and stuff like that. And Eloise is again again na- naive to the real world. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so she's great. Grandma at the beginning of the movie is, I support you going off to college, but if you ever have to come home, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And like that is reiterated every single time she calls. She's like, just making sure you're doing okay. I'm making sure you're having a good time. I'm making sure you're safe. And then. Like at the end, she, cool, she made it at the end of the semester, and she shows up to the fashion show. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just the super supportive, she's basically her mom. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a really sweet relationship. I think the other thing that I really like about this movie is the use of color. I mean, we have the, f- when she's in her room, there's like this flashing light out, neon light that flashes between blue and red and like gray or white light, and it's. You, they use that with the mirror, so because there's the the bedside table right or 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 the the vanity right next to her bed, and she will be looking in the mirror and she sees Sandy, and as the light switches, Sandy is in different outfits because she's changing outfits when she's got more customers and stuff right. like that. So I love those moments, and it's it's almost like you kind of like hold your breath to make hopefully that when the color shifts is like okay one of the shadow figures is going to get closer and closer and they start mm-hmm. changing so it's as the light switches 
the shadow figures change to different men. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's again, every like two seconds, it's like, oh my gosh, she was visited by so many people. Right. Um, so I, I loved that aspect. And again, one of the moments that I really appreciated that was the use of color with Jack, because even though, yes, we find out that he was dead this whole time, keeping him in color pushed that red herring that he was the old man that got hit by the car. And it's like, nope, he wasn't. So I mm-hmm. really, I really liked that I, moment. I personally, talking about that concept for a second, I really enjoyed that whole red herring to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was really well written in uh, in those regards. Because I I fell to that hook, line and, uh, and sinker. Like I, mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie, I thought, the old, the uh, Lindsay, mm-hmm. the silver-haired man was Jack. Yeah, I was I was hooked onto that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say another use of color that I noticed outside of the restaurant's flashing lights was in her early visits, nineteen sixties. The sixties are just this giant pop of color there's oh, neon yeah. everywhere yeah, everything's gold. lit up yep mm-hmm. and the modern world is kind of drab and gray and brown mm-hmm. as you go farther into the movie they switch as sandy's life becomes darker this her surroundings darken yeah. as well yeah it's almost like it melts like almost like rain is like washing over like a painting and just kind of washes all the color away and distort and just ruins her like fanciful dream world that she's escaping to. But as I was touching on earlier, if I was like a film teacher and I was, if I had, I would really push this film for students because it just has so many different aspects in it too. It's like, it's got great use of music, great use of camera work and cinematography. Um, Characters are really well done and the use of color. Like I even took almost like put it on that level of like the shining not not in regards of horror but just the way that it's got it's very cohesive that again it has a lot of aspects to it. it's like this is a modern movie that knows how to do all these categories very well it does yeah uh the cinematography is insane mm-hmm. um the best thing that they show off is the first time she goes to the 60s because she rolls over in bed and as she throws her covers over against her it creates a tunnel Mm -hmm. and so she crawls down this tunnel and then when she gets into the main club the first time there are these it's a mirror covered room and she is swapping places with Anna Taylor Joy constantly and they're both moving to different sides of the mirror and they just dip in and out of frame and swap places with mm-hmm. each other and it's all done practically they had very elaborate camera setups to not get cameras caught in the mirrors mm-hmm. and everything and it's just very impressive especially that like i said those first scenes where everywhere is covered with mirrors mm-hmm. and we're swapping care the two characters constantly yeah it was really cool yeah, yeah. i like i like that a lot because it was just it's again when you have mirrors, they can just be a pain in the butt. And when you have them all, it, it also like, I like it when she's walking down the staircase and it's all the mirrors and you have like multiples and it's just like, ooh. So you're like, you're looking in the mirrors thinking that is something else going to happen. But then it also, again, no pun intended, mirrors all of the like shadow figures as well that we yeah. see in the background. Um, so I, I like that concept. And now it's time to ask the big question we ask at the end of every episode. Is this scary? No. <laughs> no. But I I enjoyed this movie. De- this is a movie I would buy on Blu-ray. This I did, is, in fact. Yeah. It's, it's a good... This has got... This is a very good movie. I enjoyed this movie. I didn't have any cons to this movie. So I appreciate this movie. I thought this was a really good movie. I thought it was... Probably one of the best movies that came out of that year. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, it was, as you said, it wasn't the most scary, but 
it was definitely a labor of love. Yeah, and it make it makes you feel uncomfortable. Like yes. you feel uncomfortable for Sandy. It's like, ooh, I, 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 yeah. I do have to. I want to throw in one thing real quick, if I can. Mm-hmm. Apparently, th- so this is a goof that goes in line with you talking about the library library scene. Mm-hmm. She gives the whole '60s as her uh, thing, except she definitely, when she goes back into the '60s, walks past a movie theater, so she has a reference. The movie that came out came out in nineteen at the end of nineteen sixty five. Oh yeah. So that means this has to be early nineteen sixty six. She's right. trying to figure out like, okay, when did it happen? It's like, hello, it's right there. You have your answer. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. But there is that atmosphere of dread and suspense, mm-hmm. and it's very palpable. But yeah, I wouldn't call it's not. This is a horror movie, but I wouldn't call it particularly scary. But yeah. it is incredibly well crafted and it's a lot of fun to watch yes I agree. so this is one yes if we're giving recommendations i agree with show go buy it yeah it's worth it's worth your money yeah it's on the it's on the rank with like the others because it's got that twist and everything like that it, it hides the red herring it like it really hides like the ending very very well happy okay. season finale for season two Woo! But thank you for listening, for talking to us on the social medias. I'm going to try to be a little bit more active in the social medias, um, especially with all the new releases coming out. Let's, let's talk about those. So see us on Twitter, see us on Facebook, see us on Instagram. And whoa, 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 whoa. What? What's Twitter? Oh, X. On X. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, so at at our at scary underscore this <laughs> yeah. for for our X account. Uh Instagram is the uh this is scary or is this scary and it's uh there's periods in between each word. Yep. And then Facebook is literally just is this scary. Yep. yep. Well, this is Phil. This is Shelby. This is Zach. Stay spooky. Thank you.